have landed on the Business Conservatory Podcast. This is a transparency-driven podcast helping you understand your unlimited earning potential. If you are ready to crush it with your business, let's go. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the podcast. You guys, I have the biggest girl crush on my guest today, and I know you're going to feel the same way. I am so lucky to have Ashley Tronson here with me today. Now, before I dive in and let you introduce yourself, Ashley, I just wanted to say straight out of the gate, you guys know I will do anything to help you guys and give you the information you need, even if it doesn't come from me. And just because I like to come with helpful tips, suggestions, strategies, I also know at the end of the day that there are life experiences that you guys are all going through that I can't relate to. And this episode is going to be pretty major, especially for several of you in the audience that I know are listening. You know who you are. I made this with you in mind and I brought her on specifically because this is going to help you out tremendously. As I'm helping people with their businesses, something that dawned on me pretty clearly is that when you're a business owner who loves what you do, whether you're a photographer or a graphic designer or trying to sell your creative services, the thing that is really interesting to me is many of you are trying to leave your corporate job or trying to leave the nine to five. And I will always cheer you on. I will always be the one that's like, yes, do it. Let's help you make more money. Let's help make that a reality. But there is a fundamental aspect of what you are experiencing that is completely lost on me. For example, I haven't left a nine to five. So it was really important for me to not only find someone who is able to really give helpful advice and strategies based on what you guys are going through, but also do so in a way that really reaches your current reality. Right. Like, I don't want to have someone come on here and just say, okay, just quit, just leave. That seems very unhelpful and unproductive. Right. And so, this guest is not only going to help empower you, but she is going to give you the realism and the realistic talk that you need to say, okay, not everyone has the luxury to just say, I quit and get up and leave. What's next for you? How do we get you there? So, Ashley, thank you so freaking much for letting me take some of your time today. And thank you for being willing to be on the podcast. Of course. I'm freaking excited to be here and talk with you about all of the job stuff, all of the leaving your job stuff, all the nine to five BS too that everyone deals with. So happy to be here. Can't wait to talk about it. Um, I'm Ashley. I am a career strategist specialist uh, and I help people transition out of being in their nine to five, you know, dealing with all of that, trying to balance their career in their nine to five and then transitioning into starting a business. So that's what I do. And to my understanding, correct me if I'm wrong, the way that you help people go full time is through your nine to five. So what does that mean? Yeah. So oftentimes when people are trying to leave their nine to five, there's like this disconnect of like they really want to leave it, but they don't know how to how to do it. And oftentimes before you can leave, you need to kind of assess where you're at now. And most people are paying their bills, trying to take care of their lifestyle. They might be making, you know, a certain amount of money, but they don't know how to transition out of it. And so where I like to start people off is analyzing where they're at, like where where they're at with their money. Like, what does your budget look like? That for me, when I left was the very first thing that I had to get right before I could even think about leaving. And then second, having a position that allowed me 
to have that work-life balance because, you know, you need to have the time to be able to focus on your business. And if you have a job that's requiring 80 hours a week from you, it's just not possible. So I really like to focus on where you're at right now. You know, everyone talks about like, oh, we'll just quit. But there's so many things that you have to figure out before you can just quit if you actually want to have a sustainable business. Okay. And so for someone that knows and is in the place of I know I love my business. I want to make that a full-time thing. What are the often overlooked aspects of their current reality that you feel like need to be addressed before they take the plunge? Yeah, definitely. So number one thing for me is like, what's your budget look like? What does your money look like? Do you have, are you, you know, if you're making a hundred thousand dollars at your job right now, and you're only making like 30, 40, $50,000 with your side business or nothing at all, You can't expect to transition out of that if your lifestyle is already built around that $100,000. And so I think a lot of times people leave thinking that they're going to make more money to accommodate that, you know, like business is so up and down that you don't know exactly how much money you're going to be making, especially out of the gate that first year where you go all in. The best way to fix that is by minimizing your risk. And so you need to be able to take into account that, okay, well, if, you know, worst case, worst case scenario, I'm only making $30,000 out of the gate my first year, my budget and what I'm spending my money on, like needs to fit into that $30,000. So how do I minimize my risk so that I can take on more risk in my business if I, if I am to go full time? Ooh, you know what you just really sparked in me is the idea that leaving your job can be so oversimplified. In, in, you know, when you hear people talk about it, it's just like all they're thinking about is like at the end of the day, you know, well, how much money am I bringing in? But what, what I love about what you're hearing is you're not just telling people, oh, here's how to leave, leave your nine to five job. Like you're acknowledging that there's a reality that's been built and constructed while you've been employed and it's brought you to where you're at. There's debts to be paid. There's like, there's a whole lifestyle around like your current reality that is just often being ignored by people. You know, unfortunately people in my position, right. Where they're just like their coaches, they're just like, here, let's help you make more money by just only having you focus on making more money. And it sounds like what you're trying to say is that there are realistic things that need to be kept in mind in order to do so, like budgeting. And so for you, walk us through what that journey looked like for you and how this kind of happened in your reality. Yeah, totally. So when I first, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy. So when I first started down the path of like, I wanted to start a business, like I knew that I wanted to get out of my nine to five, but I had no business idea. Like mine's a little bit different, I feel like, than than typical, but I had no idea what I wanted to do. I just knew the kind of lifestyle that I wanted to live. I had already hit like that six figure mark for myself at my job. And, you know, everyone always talks about like, oh, well, the six figures, like that's kind of like the first thing, like the first attainable thing that people need to hit. And for me, I hit that. And then I was like, okay, cool. Like now what? <laughs> like yeah. there, I I was just like, well, so now I just keep making more money and like buying stuff, you know? Like, it doesn't was, feel the way you think it does no. when you get there. No, like it's like, it's just like the thing I was like working so hard to get to that six figure mark. And once I got there, I was just kind of like, cool. So like for 
few months or maybe a year, you know, like I spent money on just like a bunch of random crap. Like I went on like a $6,000 vacation for a week just because I could. And then I was like, this isn't like just not the vibe. So I kind of like think through that. I'm like, okay, you know, through 2020 and everything that happened with 2020, I had to like reanalyze everything that I wanted in my life and like where I wanted to be in 30 years from now. And I just keep coming, kept coming back to this place of like having a nine to five is just like not it anymore. And I feel like a lot of people can probably resonate with that. Like just not the vibe, you know, everyone's sick of dealing with people that are bossing you around 24 seven that don't really care that much about you. And I'm just not here for that anymore. And that's, that's how I was. So I was like, okay, something's going to change. And I knew I wanted to leave, but I didn't have a business idea. And so I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to focus on what I can control then. And for me, that was my money. I had debt, like, and I didn't have like, you know, crazy amounts of debt. I had pretty standard debt. You know, me and my husband both had cars. Like I had some like school stuff that we still needed to pay off. Like, like a random, like personal loan that was just like, not very big, but still was there. And I was like, okay, well, if I don't know what I want to do yet, I'm just going to focus on paying everything off. And so that's what I really focused on was digging into the specifics of that. So every, every, like all my money and, and it is so lame. Like I looked on, I don't know if you guys like on Etsy, they have like all the different little like budget things. And I looked at all of those and they were like way too complex for me. Like I'm all about simple and like, they're like five bucks, but I was like, this is still way too complex for me. So I just started my own little, like, I started writing it down. Like, that's where I started was just like pen and paper so that I had complete control over my money. Because the hardest part about actually taking ownership of your money is having to look at it. Like, right. there's like that, everyone just exists and like, like yeah, there's this debt over here, but I pretend like it, it's not there. And so actually having to like face it and be like, okay, yeah, I've got like $30,000 in debt. What am I going to do to pay this off? Right. So I'm looking at it and the money that I'm making that's coming in, I'm like, I don't even know where I should start. So I got, so I started like kind of playing around with different things, obviously a lot of trial and error and started just paying off the smallest and working towards the biggest. Cause I'd like heard about like the snowball effect, you know, that everyone talks about. So I started doing that, paying off all of my debt. And then once I paid that off, it's funny, I paid off my last payment the month before COVID like went full and everyone was like locked down and stuff like that. That's wild. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously, like I think like two weeks later is when everyone went into lockdown. And I just had like this, you know, I was already planning on transitioning out of my job, but I just had this panic of like paying it off too. And so I paid that off and then I actually lost my job. I got laid off. Like right then? Uh Uh-huh. Literally. So I paid it off in February. I think, I think COVID, like everyone was at home in March or end of February right there. And I got laid off in May. So it kind of set set me back a little bit. <laughs> but I had all my debt paid off. So we were, we, we yeah. were able to live off of what my husband was making there at the time. Anyway, I got my, my feet back under me. During that whole, again, COVID situation was when we were coming out of the tail end of it. I was like, oh, you know, maybe I... I want to start a a food truck. And that's where I first started was like this little, I don't know. I don't know why, but it just kind of popped into my head. This cute little soda truck that we did. It is the cute. It was the cutest truck, literally. Yeah, she was so cute. And so we, I, I started that and I had no idea what I was doing when I was starting a business either. You know, it was just like a, I was just figuring it out as I was going. And I knew 
like as I was balancing that, I had to find a job that gave me the chance to balance both of them. And so I got into a new position after I got laid off and all of that. And I spent time looking for a better position because I could, I had made my money into a safe enough place where I could spend some time finding a new position, which that's where a lot of people also struggle is money forces you to have to react quickly. Right. And so I found a job that allowed me to have a good work-life balance where I was taking phone calls during the day. And then like on my lunch break, I would run out and get soda deliveries, like the boxed soda deliveries to my car at my job. You were doing it all. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And balancing that and then going back in and finishing out the work day. And like, they were totally cool with that. Like, obviously I wasn't like broadcasting it everywhere, but like it gave me the work-life balance to be able to do that. So as I was going through that process and whatnot, I... Again, I wasn't to the place where I felt like I was comfortable enough to go all in on the business or anything like that. And I was like, okay, well, I think my next step is going to be saving up a year's worth of expenses. So worst case scenario, if my husband lost his job, if I wasn't making any money, if like, you know, something were to happen, I could still pay my bills. And so that was the next thing I focused on was having that year of expenses saved up and all put together so that if I had to touch it, I could, if things came up, because obviously, as you guys know, things come up in your business that you have to spend money on, or, you know, if you want to invest in something, you know, like a business coach or stuff like that, like you don't necessarily anticipate that happening. And so having that, that cushion there made it easier for me to be able to do that. So I had made this plan that I was going to leave January 1st, like I was going to get through Christmas. And like, that was my plan was January 1st, I was going to leave. And I had all my debt paid off. I had my years worth of expenses saved up. I had my business that was that was running. I was bringing in money, stuff like that. And then I got to January first, and I'm at my job, and I literally can't do it. I'm just like paralyzing fear about leaving. <laughs> like scary. Yeah, I'm sure you guys have like you know the actual idea of leaving your job is just scary because there's just like that huge unknown of like what's going to happen. Yeah. So I. I had like this gut feeling so hard in my gut that I needed to quit. And I was just was ignoring it every day. And everyone was like, you're supposed to quit your job. Why haven't you not quit it? And I just like, everyone knew about it. Like it was supposed to be this whole thing. And I was just so <laughs> So I finally got to the point of, you know, it was a few weeks later and we had just gotten this new manager. I'd been there for a few years or like two years at this point. And we just got this new manager who was just the worst. And I I don't vibe with bad managers, as I'm sure most of you probably don't. And you know what, when you have total control of your money, it makes it a lot easier to like, not have to stay in a situation that's horrible. You know, you have, right. have choices. Anyway, so <laughs> there, there, we just had disagreements and things that I did not agree with on his leadership style. And as I'm sure you guys like, I don't know, like performance improvement plan. So they try to put me on a performance improvement plan. And I tell him I'm not, I refuse to go on performance improvement plan because wait, what is not a performance improvement so plan? Basically, it's just like this plan. And oftentimes they put people on it to get them out the door. So like, I've never seen someone be put on a performance improvement plan that didn't just like get fired. And it's usually like without cause. And that's like, not me trying to like, be like, Oh, I didn't ever do anything wrong. Cause I will take accountability when I have, but like performance improvement plans for the most part are just a bunch of crap. And so Anyway, like the whole, there was so many people on the team and stuff as this guy came in and just tried to like change a bunch of stuff and all the other people accepted it. And I said, I refuse to sign that. Oh, damn. (laughs) I'm not going to sign something that says I'm not doing my job because I know I'm doing my job. I'm like, if you look at my schedule, my schedule is packed. 
was like, I've been balancing this job in the exact same way for the last two years that I've been working here. And I said, I'm not going on it. And he proceeded to spend like the next hour and a half trying to convince me to sign it. I was like, I'm not signing it. I don't, I really don't care what you say, like whatever you're going to do, I'm not signing it. So I leave that night. They, they kept, he kept me there till like 6 PM, just like trying to talk through why I wouldn't sign it. He couldn't understand it. And I was like, I'm not going to take responsibility for something that I did not do. Like I'm doing my job. And <laughs> so we, so I ended up getting fired that next morning. They got on the phone with me for like two minutes and they're just like, yeah, we're just going to let you go for not signing it. And I was like, Okay. And I mean, I knew that that's what was going to happen. And I know it was just like a freaking being spoken to from the universe of like, get the hell out of your job. <laughs> like, you know, you're not supposed to be here. And I seriously closed my laptop and literally just started working on my business. Like there was not even a transition of like feeling sad or anything like that. It was just like a close. And then I was like, Hey, honey, I got fired. And he's like, it's about time. And then I just like started working on my business. Supportive husband. Yeah, finally. (laughs) It was like a mix. It sounds like it was a mix of like, you were always planning for it. Plus like the unknown of like the performance review, everything, which like, you know, the thing that always blows me away is like when people are in a nine to five job, how they choose to find so much safety in that environment, despite there literally being no choice whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And what you said something that was really interesting to me in a, I don't know if it was a real or if it was just like a conversation that we had, but you had said something that just like literally blew my mind, which is like HR is not your friend. And the fact that like you were able to pick apart the intentions of like these corporate businesses that, you know, are often misunderstood by us as the public when we're feeling safe in these jobs, feeling like, oh, you know, HR is my friend and, you know, I'll always have a steady paycheck. And then what you experienced was directly a result of and proved the point that we have no choice in what we're doing, which is just crazy to me. So as you're here and as you're navigating, helping people, are there things that you've seen that are kind of similar to your story that that have really just kind of reaffirmed to you that this is a space that I need to be in and help people through? Yeah, totally. So the reason why I actually got into career coaching, I guess that that's the the next part of my story is career coaching and helping people transition out of their jobs is the core of like what I do is because I saw so many people being taken advantage, being taken advantage of at my job. There's people that are being severely underpaid. So people that didn't have their budgets and stuff like that figured out so that they were just having to stay quiet when it was something that they didn't agree with. You know, they're having to trade their standards and their morals for a paycheck. And that's something that just like felt so icky to me. I hated that people didn't have a choice above everything. That's what I cared about. And so I just wanted to, you know, help people through that transition. And that was something that I started off with was just helping people like with their resumes because I wanted people to be able to land better positions and find something that gave them the chance to like if they wanted to be home with their kids or like have enough money to actually live not just have to survive all the time with people as I've worked with them just like helping them through the process of finding a better job position and being able to like take back control of their money so that they can decide how they want to do it, you know, because not everyone wants to start a nine to five or start a nine to five. Yeah. Not everyone wants to start a business <laughs> or people want to invest or like, there's so many different things that you can do with your money. 
But until you have control of your money and have control of like where that's coming from and stuff like that, like you're just like you said, like you don't actually have the control that you think you do. So that's that's kind of the basis of why I wanted to become this and help people with this is taking back their control and freedom and realizing that it is possible and it's not as hard as you think it is to transition into a business. You just have to be strategic about it where most people might just bite the bullet real quick because they're, they're like, oh, I'm so, I hate my job so much. I'm going to try and do something. I've been there. Like, you know, you hate your job and you want to get out of it, but how about we just like plan it so that you're not one of the casualties that don't succeed after their first year. You know, if you can plan ahead of time, and actually have some kind of a strategy, then the chances of you being successful are a lot higher. I think one of the things that really drew me to you specifically is that our audience is filled with a lot of people that kind of fall into this creative spectrum of truly knowing that they're done, also wanting the freedom, but maybe struggle with the actual like technical application of like budgeting. Like I know when I first was kind of managing my money and even like for probably the next subsequent, I mean, real talk, like eight years later, like the idea of a budget to me was something that like had been pounded to me a million times and presented in 8,000 different ways. And for some reason it was hard for me to wrap my head around it. So for the audience members that are, really loving everything that you're saying, wanting to fully commit to doing this and knowing that they need to have some practical application and practical steps to get them to that point. What advice would you give to someone who maybe is hesitant about setting a budget or maybe isn't convinced that that's a necessary step in the right direction for them? You said something, it was like, everyone talks about budget. And I feel like there's like this taboo, like budgets are like dirty. Like everyone's like, oh, budgets budgets take away all of my freedom. I don't want to have a budget, you know? And the reason why I have a budget is to empower me to have every single thing that I want. So when I said I went on a 6,000 or what a six, $7,000 vacation, that was in my budget. Like I budgeted for that with a budget when you're like, Oh, okay. Everyone always talks about money and everyone always talks about like having a budget, but a budget enables you to be able to take risk. And that's the main thing for me is like, being able to take risk in my business, if I can minimize my risk at home, you know, if I have, if I do pay off my, my car, um, then I can invest in a business coach. I can invest in growing my products. I can invest in getting an assistant. Like you just kind of pick and choose what you care about. And the other thing for me with a budget, like same kind of thing. And it's funny because my husband is not the budgeter. Like that's totally me <laughs> also. So like, I'm always having to beat this into him. <laughs> So like, I'm, I'm used to this, but same kind of thing, like with him, I found like what helps is what do you want your future to look like? Like, what, what do you care about in the next year, next five years, next 10, 10 years? Like, what does that picture look like for you? Because yeah, there's a, the chance that you could hit it big as a millionaire, you know, obviously like there's, there's things that you could do, but like that takes time. Like, what are you doing right now that could just enable you to get there? You know, like, while you're focusing on growing and all of that. And, and for me, having a vision of what I cared, I cared about. So it's more so than just like a budget, like financial planning is maybe a better way to say it, but having a vision of like, I really one day want to have a little plot of land that nobody talks to me on that I just exist with my little cute family. And 
you know, and like, just like envisioning that and helping me see what I want my future to look like makes that trade-off a lot easier for me. And the other thing that I wanted to touch on is like, as far as like a budget, most people think it's just like super restrictive, right? Like that means you're like, and you know, you'll hear like Dave Ramsey talk about that. He's always like beans and rice, you know, like that's, that's what you're living with right now. You're, you're having beans and rice for every meal. And I don't vibe with that currently because that didn't work for me when I was doing my budget. Like I knew that I still cared about going to the movies with my husband and I still cared about going on vacations and stuff like that. But so I would do like, for me also, like my ADHD brain, like I would go one month of like super committed to my budget. And then I'd go like one month not. And, and also I just have to like have, you have the perspective of like, okay, if I sacrifice your Starbucks run or whatever, this could potentially be something that's going to help me hit my goal faster. If I want to leave my nine to five faster, it comes down to like that desperation of like, well, how bad do you want it? Yeah. Like how bad do you want to hit those, those goals? Because if you, that $5 could go towards something else that you want to spend on your business, you know? And so it's kind of like that trade-off. Like I'm all about setting up your money in a way that feels realistic and manageable to you because I don't love restriction, but if it's like, you don't really care about buying new shoes all that time, but you're just buying them just because you want to, like, why don't you just like cut that piece out so you can focus more on spending your money on your business? Like my husband tells me all the time, he's like, you should go out and buy some new clothes. And I'm like, nope, all my extra money goes towards my business. That's my trade-off, you know, where before I was like spending on whatever I really wanted to, but now it's like, no, I know I care more about my business. So like if there's extra spending, I'm putting more money into my business. I'm not putting it into the stuff I don't really care about anyway, you know? Yeah that's where you cut it out is like, you don't have to give up the stuff you care about. You just cut down on the stuff that you don't really care that much about. Yeah. And it it sounds like both the boundary line for you and the permission slip simultaneously with that, which is such a complete shift from everything that we've been told and everything that we feel like it is. And so for all of you that are listening that just have never been numbers people that have never been people that have ever like, And maybe you've tried, right? Maybe you've tried to do a budget and maybe believing that that was realistic maybe didn't come for you. There's a way to do it in a way where it doesn't have to compromise your life. It can fit in your life. And it. I think one of the most beautiful things about the way you do it is you've seemed to struck a balance that I don't find out there very much, which is both this kind of duality of ensuring and guaranteeing you at the end of the day will always get what you want but simultaneously having a a respect for like a discipline because it's connected to the big picture and so you're not just being overly rigid for rigid sake and you're not being overly you know agreeable just for the sake of like not wanting to compromise anything it's like there's a purpose behind everything and I think that that purpose often gets lost in the sauce when you're thinking about what you don't want to have happen and that becomes kind of the cycle. So the other thing too, if I could kind of shift gears here that I was really impressed with was I was impressed with one of the ways that you help people leverage working a nine to five to get out of it was negotiating and being able to help people realistically get an increase on their money by trying to negotiate for a better job or higher wages. Tell me a little bit about your experience with that and kind of how you've been able to help people successfully 
make it out of their current situation by negotiating. Yeah, definitely. So <clears throat> there's a couple of different ways that you can do things. Um, obviously, negotiating at your current job, I'm sure, you're, as you guys know, like that's typically the harder path because once you're in a job, like they have you, <laughs> it's hard to like really get an increase more than probably a couple percentages. I'm sure, as you guys know, like it's it's generally not a big jump, and so that's like there's still potential where you can do it. And I think when people are negotiating at their jobs, they they go to their managers with this approach of like, hey. I need to make more money because I have a lot of things I need to pay for. And that does not sell like that does. That's not a reason for the company to, to want to pay you. You know, you need to have. And that's what I'm all about. Like when it comes to your career is like having proof that backs up everything you're saying, you know, and you have that that proof by having numbers that again, always comes down to the numbers, like having proof that shows why you deserve that raise. You know, you can always negotiate within the team that you're on and 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 potentially get more money there too. But for me, the biggest place that I have seen the biggest increases was, and this might be a little controversial, is I am all about job hopping, like a hundred percent. My dad would cringe if he heard that. <laughs> because, <laughs> Same with mine. <laughs> yeah. Like that's just like not a thing, but I'm, I am a hundred percent the job hopper person. Like I am always just like, seeing what's out there, not because I have the approach of like, oh, I'm just like looking for what's next, what's next, but having the approach with my job of like, this isn't just a job. I'm just here to make money. And when I was able to like disconnect my emotions from my position, that's when I started making the most money where it wasn't so attached to them, like liking me and then making sure I'm a good fit. I took the approach of like, no, are you good enough for me? You know? Ooh, yes. And that's how I started approaching all of my job positions. And that's what made me the most money and made it possible for me to find a job so that I could eventually leave too, was positioning myself with facts, but also knowing that like, it is just a job at the end of the day, like they're paying you to provide a service more or less. And so having that approach and then with, with negotiating and, and once you're in the situation of, I know who I am. I know what I bring to the table. And that's something that I focus on a lot too with with my clients is really digging into what you bring to the table. Because once you know like what you have to offer and what your strengths are, and you can show that on your resume, you become like deadly at that point. They can't not hire you because you have the facts to back it up. And your stuff is positioned in the right way that, that you can ask for basically anything you want. And so when you take that approach in your career, and that's exactly what enabled me and other people that I've worked with to find a better job position and start saving for money. You know, if that was they wanted to quit their job, if they just wanted to find a way better job position, if they wanted to start investing, you know, there's so many different things that you can do with your money. But that's where it all kind of started was, okay, well, let's get you to a better situation with your job and negotiating into you know, those better benefits and negotiating to that higher salary. But yeah, it all comes, always comes back to, to the facts, the resume, what you have, that's your heavy hitter that, like I said, just basically gives you the power to just be like, I know, I know what I have. I know I bring to the table. This is how much you're going to pay me. And this is the like balance I'm going to get. So that makes so much sense. And like, when you're really thinking about it in terms of like, even comparing it to like what your dad thought, like on how he approached it, like at what point, like where are we choosing our loyalties? Like at the end of the day, 
you're staying at this job. You've heard through the grapevine that it's, it, you know, quote unquote, better to stay someplace just because, but why? Like, what, what is your loyalty to? Are you more loyal to the aspect of, you know, the, the life that you want and the dream that you have or this company that might only give you a percentage increase? And the idea of job hopping and being able to open and expand our minds to the idea of, okay, our current reality and our current situation doesn't have to be a reflection of what the next few months or the next year looks like. The thing that first came to my mind when you were talking about how you were looking to save up money, you know, for a year and have a year's worth of expenses saved up before you could, you know, leave for someone that is loyal to their job and staying in their job and like, is like, okay, well, I don't hate it enough to like abandon it necessarily. The idea of not getting the increases that you want in pay, but still simultaneously saving up that much seems impossible at that point because you're like, based on my current reality, I can't visualize seeing myself saving that much at the end of the day. So the idea of leveraging and using negotiation and you know improving your, the quality of your resume and making yourself, I love that you said the word deadly. It makes so much sense to me because at that point, you're no longer trying to retrofit your dream into your current reality. It's the idea of why not take the steps in all aspects? It's not just about the budgeting. It's not just you know, about shifting your mindset. It's not just about saving money. It's like literally about, okay, these are all the different things that I can utilize to leverage my position. And I think that's what makes you so genius at this, at the end of the day is it's just, you give people the tools in every single aspect. It's not just working on one thing. It's not just focusing on one thing over, you know, another. It's how can we use all of these things to make you not only bulletproof in the workplace, but give you yourself the permission slip and the pass to completely leave. So those things that you you know have described, listeners, I implore you to hear what Ashley is saying. If you've been focusing on the one thing in order to leave your job and you cannot see it retrofitting into your reality and you can't see the way forward, maybe you need to shift the way that you're thinking about this. Maybe you've been stuck on one end and maybe exactly what needs to happen is different than what you thought. And that is an ex- an exhilarating and exciting thought. So let me ask you this. For you being in that position when you were feeling scared and contrasting that to where you're at now, what advice do you have, either it be on a motivational level or an encouragement level, what advice do you have to that person that wants to leave that needs to? Yeah, totally. So I would say create a safety net. For yourself as much as possible. Like being a business owner, there again, I'm sure you guys know that like, there's so many ups and downs that come with that. And if you can just like create this safety net that you can fall back on, it just like relieves so much pressure from yourself to be able to step into the things that you care about and invest in things that you care about too. Like, you know, when you're if you're strapped with debt right now and you're not really sure of your next steps and you want to leave your job, but you're not sure how, well, you know, let's find you a new position to make you more money, to help you get to those, those dreams faster. You don't, you, I, I think for me too, like I was feeling trapped and I didn't know what to do. I just knew I wanted out. And I think like, for me, it was just starting. Like, like I said, I just started with like my notebook and my pencil and I just got real with myself about how much I wanted to be on my own with my own business. Like 
just get, just getting real with yourself of like what what you actually want with your life that made a huge difference for me and then being like okay well I just have to at this point I just have to change and focusing on what you can control like I think a lot of people are like oh well if I could just make you know a hundred thousand dollars this year at my job but like you don't have control I mean you have control of like all you can do but at the end of the day people still have to buy from you and so if you have the control over this is my money that's coming into my house with from my job. And this is my job that I'm currently working at. That's what you have complete control over. You have the ability to change that, to make it better, to improve your situation. And that's what's going to, in turn, make you a better business owner. Because if you know how to manage money, if you know how to grow it, then you're going to be able to do the same thing in your business. Because Let's say today you're, you know, you have a ton of debt and you don't actually ever learn how to adjust that. If you start making $300,000 tomorrow, you're still going to be in the same situation because you don't know how to manage your money. Right. And so starting on just focusing on what you can control and just creating that safety net for you. And that was what it was for me, like creating a, a place that I can rely back on and proving to myself that I can do things that are hard made me trust myself more when it came to my business because I had already positioned myself and focused on things that I could control. It made me trust myself more in my business. So that's incredible advice. And as you were talking, there was a there was a singular question that stood out to my mind along the same vein. And I know that there's a subset of our listeners right here who love everything that you're saying that are completely resonating with everything you're saying. And then there's this thought in the back of their head that says, what about my kids? What about my family? Is it irresponsible? And is it selfish of me to make this decision for myself, knowing that it's not just me at the end of the day, there are people that are relying on me and depending on me. So for all of the people that are listening to this, that simply love everything that you're saying, that are vibing, that are just like, yes, 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 that's everything that I need to hear. But what about this? What do you say to someone like that that feels that added layer of responsibility? Totally. So kids definitely bring in another layer and there's different things that come up that contribute to that. I don't know if you guys, one thing that I don't have kids yet, but one thing that even now is always in the back of my in my mind. I don't know if you guys know who Ed Milet is, but he has this quote and it's something like, it talks about how your kids aren't going to do like, they, they're going to follow like what you do, not what you say. And your kids are eventually going to grow up and know what kind of person you are. And if you're a person that doesn't chase their dreams, then your kids are also not going to chase their dreams. Oh, dang. <laughs> so it's such a heavy hitter. Like when I read that, it like floored me because it's so true. Like if you think about it as you grow up yourself and you see the things that your parents have or haven't done and you're like, oh, well, they didn't do that. Does that mean I can't? You know what I'm saying? Right. And so for that is kind of the thing that I always keep in the back of my mind just to remind me why I'm doing stuff and why I'm pushing forward is because I do care about them and I care about not only themselves as little people, but also as full-blown adults chasing their own dreams. Like I don't want them to not feel like they can't do it. And, and so that's the thing that pushes me forward. But as far as like what to do in that situation when you're in in the thick of it right now is again creating that safety net around them like if you are worried about leaving your job where can you minimize because you don't want to minimize from your kids you want to make sure that they're still taken care of well that's the same thing as like 
I care about spending my money on my business right now. I'm not buying new clothes. So like, where can that trade-off be for you where you're able to create this like little safety net around your kids and around your family? And, you know, sometimes it can be hard too, because if you're living a six-figure lifestyle and you have a house that has a huge, you know, massive on it, again, it comes down to what is your priority? Because I like, even for myself, you know, I... I know I could go out and buy a bigger house, but again, I'm trying to create something for the future. And so I don't have that. I've left myself in a smaller house, which I know when you're growing with kids and stuff, there's different things that can happen, but there's always things that you can change. You know, you don't, you're not stuck just because they have different things that that you don't want to sacrifice for them. That's okay. Then sacrifice somewhere else. And the thing I think with your kids too, is like, there's so many people out there just tell you that you have to like buy all of this stuff for your kids. And I just like don't agree with that either because your kids are going to be happy if you're chasing your dreams and you're happy. And if you're just like staying at your nine to five because it's safe, your kids are going to feel that resentment. Even if they might not know what it is, they're still going to feel it. And so by you chasing your dreams, like they're going to support you that way. And yeah, if they have to go without like first, you know, maybe some smaller things, like there's some different things that you can trade off, then yeah, they're still going to follow you and believe in you and look back on those times. I know that that was the case for me growing up. Like I didn't ever feel like even when things were tough, like my parents were still working towards stuff, still trying to achieve things. I was like, oh, okay. Looking back that, that didn't completely scar me. You know, that if I went out with, if I didn't have new shoes that second to go to school with. And so, yeah, I think that there's always trade-offs that you can make depending on the situation that you're in. You know, there's always different ways to look at it. And that's oftentimes what I'm helping people out with is seeing the, the blind spots in your budget and seeing the places that you're spending money that could potentially be something you could change, but not realizing that that's, most people don't even realize that that's something that they're 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 not missing, you know? So there's there's always trade-offs. And, and again, if you're in a place where you're not making enough money, well, then let's just get you into a new a new job. It, there's there's that trade-off, you know. You don't have to just settle for, oh well, I can't I can't do this because I'm not making enough money. Well, then let's just freaking make more money, get your resume up to date, and then just make more money until you're getting into that place where you can transition and put more money into savings, put more money into making that safety net around your kids, whatever that looks like. And then try to transition out of that way. Like there's always a way you're, you're not always just like backed up against the wall. There's always things that we can do to get you into a better situation. I could not emphasize more what you said, because there it is, guys. Anyone that has kids, anyone that is feeling guilt or feeling attached to the layer of responsibility that you have, there you have it. Your kids what you want them to glean from your life, they will. And it reminded me of this speech that I don't know if you've ever had the chance to see the Jim Carrey commencement speech that he gave. So good. I watched that 8,000 times before breakfast. But one of the things that he said in that that really shifted me was he was giving this commencement speech and he was talking about his dad's life. And his dad was a really funny guy, like arguably the funniest guy that Jim Carrey knew. He said, you know, he got a lot of his humor from his dad. And he was talking about how his dad, you know, really wanted to pursue comedy. But at the end of the day, he settled for being an accountant. And he spent all of his career in accounting. 
And if if it ended up not being an accountant, maybe he was a lawyer. I'm like 99% sure he was an accountant. But it, what he was saying was, you know, his dad settled for a life in accounting and he put years of his life into being an accountant. And then at the end of the day, he still got laid off. So for all of you that are listening, he said, my dad had the choice to choose what he loved and choose responsibility. And he chose responsibility and he ended up not succeeding anyway. So you might as well give it a shot doing what you love. And it kind of almost like boiling it down to there's an equal likelihood of you being in a job out of obligation and getting totally laid off and not sustaining that versus like actually doing something that you know deep down is like truly going to fulfill you and your kids are going to see you going for what you want and they're going to know that's their, their permission slip to do it as well. And I love how you were able to so perfectly summarize everything that I loved about what he said about that, which just reaffirms me, guys, like you need someone like Ashley in your corner. And I know that when you're in this position of connecting the dots, right? Like you're hearing everything Ashley is saying, you're like, yes, that aligns with me. Yes, I agree with that. Yes, that is my life. And then the first thing that you think of is how it's like you hear everything that she's saying, but there's still this level of application that feels like you need to do that. And I could not tell you with more urgency that if you have not had the opportunity to go follow Ashley and see what she's putting out, this is your sign. If you are in this boat, if you are needing someone in your corner that will not only give you the actionable hows of how to budget appropriately so that way you can have that trust fall of a safety net financially, if you are needing someone that can give you those skills to help you negotiate so you can instantly place yourself in a better job or how to really refine that resume in a way to where you make yourself deadly, as she was saying it, this is your sign. So for all of you who need the opportunity to learn to follow everything that you're saying even farther or like where they could go to like learn more about how they can actually implement this for themselves. Where would you recommend I send people? Yeah. So we're going to send out, I think we're going to do a link that you can click on and we can get on the phone and kind of go into the specifics of what you need. So if that's budget, if that's career, I have different things that we could kind of talk through and dig into that. Because again, everyone's situation is different and what you're going to need is different and where you're at is different. So yeah, I think we're going to do that. And Wait, are you serious? Like people can literally talk to you directly. Like yeah. you're not even just sending them to your profile. You're like actually down to generously give your time to talk to people. Yes. I have like eight people that needed this like yesterday. <laughs> Please, I implore you guys. Getting on the phone with her is a game changer. This is your sign. From what I could tell, that is a free call too, right? Like this is, they can take your time and just ask you any questions that they have. Yeah, totally. And then if we need anything further than that, we can, but I'm happy to get on. Like if you have budget questions, if you're not even sure where to get started, if you're not sure, you know, how to set things up, if you want to kind of go over your resume, things like that. Yeah. All of that. Anything you need help with. Excuse me while I die. What more permission do you need at this point? to take the step to leave. This girl is a saint. Like she is literally a saint. I could not think of a more generous way of extending your outreach to everyone. So this is your sign, guys. It's free. Get on a call with her. Pick her brain. 
walk her through what you're going through. And honestly, thank you so much for being willing to extend such generosity because as you know, when you're in that position, that's scary as hell. And to know that there's someone like you that genuinely wants to give people that freedom and help them make the money they want to make to get out of debt, to like finally put themselves in a position where they're in control for once. I just couldn't thank you enough. So thank you so much for being willing to take the time with us, Ashley. It has been so incredible. And we look forward to seeing all the people that take advantage of that generous call with you after this. So thank you again for your time. Of course. Thank you for having me. 